This episode is brought to you by Eagle Pharmaceuticals. Eagle Pharmaceuticals is proud to provide comprehensive reimbursement and access solutions through our Eagle Can program. Eagle Can program benefits are available for eligible patients prescribed Pemfexi, Pemetrexid injection, or Belrapso, Bendamustine hydrochloride injection. To learn more about Eagle's oncology portfolio, please visit eagleus.com. That's E-A-G-L-E-U-S.com. Welcome to the PQI podcast. This week, we sit down with a multidisciplinary team from City of Hope, Chicago, to discuss cancer survivorship, their roles on the team, the role of the pharmacist in survivorship, and their wonderful programs for patients. All right. Thank you so much, ladies, for joining us on the PQI podcast today. To start out, I would love for you each to introduce yourself and tell us a little about your background and your role, and we'll get started with Erica. Hi, everyone, and thank you, Ginger, for having us today. Um, I am, my name is Erica Marchese, and I am the Director of Pharmacy here at City of Hope Chicago. Um, my main, my current role and, and main role is supporting the pharmacy department with daily operations, financials, and clinical needs. Um, how I got here, um, so I have been with uh, City of Hope Chicago for now 14 years in um, a variety of roles. Uh, started out as a, um, a pharmacy technician. Um, helped uh, also at our corporate location, helping patients um, come into the hospital and get set up for their appointments. And now I am back in the pharmacy. Um, I've worked at a, as a pharmacist and then as my current role as a director. Awesome. Thank you, Erica. I don't know that I realized you were a pharmacy technician. I think that's awesome. I, I, it's so helpful, I think, to know all of the roles and, you know, progress, progress through everything and gives you a, a very unique and different perspective. So that's awesome. I am Alexandria Callahan. I'm the supervisor for our behavioral health team here at City of Hope Chicago. I've been in this role for about two years, but I've been with City of Hope for over 14. Uh, behavioral health is broken into mind-body medicine, which is all of our therapists and counselors who provide the mental and emotional support to the patients. Our other area is survivorship, which focuses on the social service needs of patients and the quality of life as they are navigating through cancer treatment. Awesome. Welcome, Alexandria. So it's such an important role. Thanks for being with us. Sure. Thank you. And I am Jen Mikes. I have been with City of Hope for 15 years, um, and I am the manager of patient loyalty. Um, we are responsible for the Cancer Fighters Program, um, which is a nationwide community of 40,000 patients, caregivers, family, and friends. Our program is dedicated to the idea that no one fights cancer alone. Um, and um, I have a team that... Um, represents each of our City of Hope locations in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix. Awesome. I, I love that program, and I know we'll hear more about it, but it's so something so important for patients. And I feel like you've all either been there 14 or 15 years, so right, <laughs> right, right around the same time. They, they have to have a good employee retention program <laughs> to have three, three long-time employees. That's awesome. 
Yeah. And then will you, and I'll, I'll pass this on to whoever wants to take it, but tell us a little more about City of Hope Chicago. So your setup there and your survivorship program. I'll take this one. Uh, City of Hope Chicago is part of the largest research and treatment organizations in the nation. We bring a uniquely integrative model to patients spanning cancer care, research and development, academics and training and innovation initiatives. Uh, everything at City of Hope Chicago is under one roof from oncology to imaging, surgery, radiation, and even the hotel accommodations. Uh, we know cancer doesn't wait for anybody, so we value speed to care, getting patients in with no delay, knowing the earlier a person begins treatment, the higher chance they have at successful treatment. Our survivorship program operates under the idea that you are our survivor from diagnosis, and we focus on the quality of life of our patients. The survivorship program starts with making sure patients have what they need to prepare for treatment, which can look like Dignit caps for, or cold caps to help prevent hair loss uh, during chemotherapy, uh, post-mastectomy bra fittings, naturopathic supplements and nutritional recommendations to support the immune health, and after treatment is finished, a personalized survivorship care plan that includes a summation of treatment and aftercare recommendations. Awesome. It sounds like a fantastic program. And on that note, I would love to hear more from each of you on a few specifics regarding each of your roles and the programs that you're responsible for um, in the, the survivorship continuum. So Erica, what role does the pharmacist play in this? Sure. Um, so our pharmacist um, have the awesome opportunity to work on a multidisciplinary team in our oncology clinics. Uh, at, in these clinics, they have really help with the sharing of patient care responsibilities. Um, so to kind of give you a, a visual of what that looks like, um, our pharmacists are actually positioned um, so that right when the, uh, the medical oncologist walks out of any patient room, um, they're actually able to start a discussion in live time about doses, treatment protocols, um, pre-served billing needs, lab values, and we all know the list is endless. Um, so this really allows our pharmacists to take on an active role in our patients' treatment and the education that goes with it. Um, so basically our pharmacists are able to be more proactive instead of reactive. As it pertains specifically to survivorship, um, so our pharmacists do play a very active role on these teams uh, when it comes to survivorship. Um, and I know that this can hold a lot of variability depending on the health system, of course. Um, one of our genuine concerns, especially with our oncology patients, is fragmentation of care. Um, so our pharmacists really emphasizing that importance of long-term follow-up can be very crucial. Um, I, this follow-up is achieved through a variety of ways. Um, so I'm just going to name a few. Um, so... Uh, surveillance care plans, um, robust documentation of treatment history, uh, interventions from our multidisciplinary team to really help with ongoing problems um, such as toxicities or side effect management from cancer treatments, um, general health encouragement, pain management, and of course, ensuring that our patients are getting the appropriate cancer screenings at proper ages. 
I personally think um, that one of the areas where a pharmacist can be most impactful um, is from a medication standpoint. Um, so many cancer therapies have long-lasting adverse events, such as neuropathy, heart failure, um, and so on, of course. Um, but these problems are really best managed by a pharmacist who can assess treatment effectiveness and then really work with that patient to uh, more ind individualize their regimens. Again, this sharing of patient care responsibilities, um, it allows uh, the other members of the multidisciplinary team to play a more impactful role um, in addressing other needs of the patient, such as mental, uh, physical, psychosocial, and of course, the financial strain that comes with any cancer diagnosis. Um, our pharmacists here uh, at City of Hope Chicago have really proven that importance of a pharmacist being involved right at the beginning. So right at diagnosis, um, really to help with that initial treatment plan, make any dose modifications that are necessary and making sure it's the right treatment plan for the right indication. Um, but also it's really just as important at the end for that final chemotherapy dose and then really helping creating that plan moving forward. Yes, I, I definitely agree. And I think you're spot on, you know, the pharmacists are the medication experts. So we, we really should be playing a role, I think an even bigger role in survivorship and some of those long-term long effects of treatment. And so along those same lines, um, what are some of the important survivorship counseling points and information on pa patients staying safe during treatment, Erica? Sure, I, that's a great question, Ginger. Um, some of the big counseling points that our pharmacists like to mention, of course, besides addressing um, the patient's chemotherapy-induced long-term side effects, um, are the importance of yearly and ongoing immunizations, um, and then, of course, the proper time when they should be getting those immunizations as well, especially while they're going through cancer treatment. Um, some sun safety is one that I truly enjoy, so um, what sunscreens are great to use um, what uh, clo proper clothing should be worn outside, um, and of course, what what hours of the day um, is the sun the strongest that maybe our patient should avoid being out, and if they are out, what clothing they, they should properly be wearing um, to protect them. And of course, general health maintenance is, is a big one. Um, so cancer might not be the only disease state that our patients are battling, and uh, most of them aren't. Um, they have a lot of other things that could be going on. So pharmacists have really been known to assist with the coordination of care, um, polypharmacy, and of course, reduction of poten potential drug interactions. Um, and this is extremely important in our elderly population. Yes, for sure. I think all, all those are so important. I know I'm in Florida, so that sun safety I think <laughs> is paramount here, especially right now. It's you're, you're hit immediately when walking out the door in, in August, though. So. Thank you for all of that. And then Jen, I would love to hear more about the Letters of Hope program. Yeah, so Letters of Hope was something that um, our uh, patients and caregivers came to us and we're trying to find ways to inspire patients um, in treatment. Um, maybe they were getting um, their first infusion, or um, they were in the surgical room and get prepping for pre-op. And so we have dedicated spaces at each of our um, City of Hope uh, locations that 
um, our writing stations and we have stationery um, available and um, anyone um, is welcome to sit and write a letter um, to a currently treating patient. Um, and it can be anonymous or you're welcome to sign and they leave it in a mailbox and a member of our team collects those letters and uh, distributes them throughout the hospital. Um, for words of encouragement, inspiration, um, to provide hope. Um, and so it is a really fun initiative that the team um, took on. And we also um, encourage people to write us um, uh, to the Cancer Fighters team at City of Hope Chicago. Um, any letters of hope that you would like if you're not at one of, of our hospitals and we will deliver those um, throughout the hospital as well. I love that program. It, it's, it's just a beautiful thing. And I think the the handwritten note is definitely something that's going out and lost these days. And that that little bit of inspiration, I think sometimes may, may do you more good than the medication even. Um, so I think that's a fabulous program and everyone should send a letter. Um, yes. But you have lots of cool things in your your wheelhouse because I know when we were chatting before the podcast, you also were talking about a scavenger hunt in the hospital, which is fantastic. So will you tell us more about that? Yeah, so we, um, especially during the summer months, we notice a lot of our patients um, will bring their children or um, they'll bring, um, you know, their grandchildren with them to um, our hospital and it can be pretty scary and and cancer is scary um i am a five-year survivor and i know using that word with my kids when they were eight and ten was really a scary thing so we um wanted to um involve them and, and make them feel part of our community while they're at our hospital so we um, created the cancer fighters champ program and it's a, a game board that they can pick up um, at the hospital and it is a scavenger hunt um, to get them acquainted and familiar with their surroundings and, and with the hospital. So we um, have them, you know, trying to complete a puzzle or um, finding our library and, and sharing a book, um, talking to our culinary staff, just really making them feel part of the experience. Um, with their with their loved one. Um, upon completion of the game board, they uh, come back to us and we provide them with a coupon that they can claim a reward in our cafeterias. I'm sure most of them claim a, a sweet treat, but um, it's really any treat that their parent will allow them to have. But um, we're just uh, really hoping to make our, our kids and our visitors feel welcome and part of the experience and kind of remove some of the unknown um, that comes along with the word cancer. So fun, such a great program. And I think everything that you're doing in your role is just so it's, you have a great job. Oh, <laughs> I do. I have the best job, Ginger. <laughs> Congratulations on survivorship too. That's Thank amazing. You. And I Thank know you. going through it with your kids could not be easy. So congratulations on Thanks. that. Thanks. And I am so honored to be on this with Erica and Alexandria because they were part of my care team. And without oh. them, I don't know what I would have done. And I know that I wouldn't be as healthy as I am today. So I feel like the lucky one on this call today. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. A, great, a fantastic team that you guys have there. So much fun. 
And then Alexandria, will you um, talk to us more about some of the services on your end? So I know you do survivorship assessments, the distress screening, sexual wellness. You have a whole gamut of programs. Yes. So our behavioral health team try to meet with every new patient during their initial visit. It doesn't always work out that way, but that's really our goal. And during this time, we'll provide them with a distress screening, which looks at the various social services from which patients may require assistance. So we will make referrals as needed. You know, many of our patients have a lot of financial concerns as you know, medical treatment is expensive and they're not always able to work while going through. So that makes a huge difference too when they're going from having you know a two family income to a single income or sometimes they were the main breadwinner and then they're going what are we going to do and they have a spouse that's trying to help take care of them now and get a job when they still have you know kids and things at home too so we really try to help them find the balance that way uh, and we also we provide that mental and emotional support through our counseling services because we know this is difficult. Uh, our staff have a wide skill set, which is really awesome too. We have a practitioner that has studied medical hypnosis, so she works a lot with our smoking cessation program. She also does a lot of that work to help with anxiety. Uh, I myself am actually a dance movement therapist, so I do a lot of body-based interventions with patients to helping them reintegrate into their bodies after treatment. Uh, we have a therapist that specializes in EMDR, so it's the kind of trauma recovery with the, the eye movement. Uh, that's a little bit more in-depth, so it's, it's hard to do a full program that way, but she has a lot of coping skills and interventions that she's used and has really adapted that program to, to our patient population. And then all of us are really trying to work more proactively to see patients preoperatively to help with a lot of that anxiety so that they're moving into surgery with a better mindset and coming out a lot quicker. Uh, and finally, we have the sexual wellness program, which you know, our providers help with the fertility preservation for our young and newly diagnosed uh, untreated patients. Uh, side effect management, many of our women experience vaginal dryness or the men have erectile dysfunction and they can meet with our sexual wellness nurse to get the recommended products while on campus. Uh, we also provide garment education and fittings for our breast surgical patients. So there's definitely a lot of things that we try to look at that quality of life piece for them and kind of cover all the bases. You know, there's always something that we might have forgotten, but, you know, we collaborate as a team too and say, hey, what about this? Or, you know, how can we help this piece? So it's constantly moving and growing. You, you definitely have the wide range of services. Um, I, lo I love the sexual wellness program and that, you know, the, the things that I think people may not or may be hesitant to talk about. So I think it's great that that's offered to them and something they can do there as part of the clinic. Um, Absolutely. That's actually been a program that we've been developing for probably the last four or five years. We've really tried to grow it and realize that sexual wellness has been such a taboo subject that a lot of our patients are afraid to even bring it up. So now that we have our sexual health nurse on staff and we're really pushing in the clinics too to say, hey, just ask them these few questions to get them to her. Uh, we have flyers all over the place too saying, all right, you know, if you have these issues, there's someone that can help you. That's fantastic. And are you a dancer? I have to ask. If you I are. am. Oh, well, I guess former. I'm not like, you know, performing anymore, but I was I for okay. pretty much my whole life. Um, and then will you talk a little more about the support groups? And I know you, or I believe you have bilingual therapists, which I think is fantastic. So just a little more on those. 
Yes, uh, our bilingual therapist actually assists with a Spanish speaking support group as well as translating some of our materials so they're more inclusive. So we're really excited to have her on board. Uh, even some of our staff programming, she's helped uh, translate too. So we're more inclusive within our own organization that way too. Uh, we have caregiver specific support groups that meet weekly to discuss uh, different topics and concerns that you know our caregivers have as they're trying to support our patients as well as coping skills groups, uh, yoga, and art groups that are open to both patients and their loved ones. So we really try to hit a bunch of different modalities uh, and we do educational presentations on different topics such as compassion fatigue, sexual wellness, stress management. We do a lot with our cancer fighters. Uh, they're, they're always calling us saying, hey, we have this presentation on this topic, can you do something? And uh, even our chaplains too, they've reached out to us and said, okay, well, we're working with you know the, the, this caregiver group, can you help us out this way? So we definitely try to spread ourselves out as much as we can to share that knowledge. No, I think that's fantastic. And I love that you have the, the variety of things. Um, you know, if you may not feel like just chatting, you could go to yoga or mm -hmm. some, you have options. Absolutely. And then, I know you just mentioned the cancer fighters again. So would one of you tell us more about the cancer fighter YouTube channel, which is really cool that you have there and the Instagram account. So I would, I would love to know like what content is there and how we can all find it too. Yeah, Ginger, I can take that. So um, we are um, finding ways that we can partner with supportive services and really all of the, um, the care teams uh, at City of Hope. And one of the ways that we do that is um, by um, recording informational sessions and educational sessions and having our subject matter experts at City of Hope talk on and speak on the topics. Um, and we post them to our YouTube, which is, uh, you can find us at youtube.com slash cancerwriters. And um, it's really bringing our experts to you in your home um, and, and tapping into the knowledge and expertise that they provide. Um, some of the things that we've done Erica's favorite, Sun Safety. We just partner with Erica on that. So we have a Sun Safety campaign. We have foods that give you energy, the benefits of vitamin D, um, the psychology of survivorship. Um, we have uh, inspiring stories of hope um, straight from our patients on what gives them hope and, and what survivorship means to um, each of them. Uh, we have coping skills toolboxes. Um, we have a new series, it's called Have a Seat at Our Table, um, and we provide a recipe, download the recipe, and you cook alongside a chef, um, and create healthy foods um, in the comfort of your own home. Uh, we also have our Instagram. It is, uh, you can find us at City of Hope Cancer Fighters. Um, our Instagram is uh, provides educational resources, um, but we also, um, highlight our care teams uh, at City of Hope. We also um, love to celebrate our cancer fighters community and our patients and caregivers. Um, and we also love to give a peek and, and show people um, the fun things that we're doing at all of our City of Hope locations. I love it. That's so fun. I want to, I want to participate in the chef, the chef and cook. Oh, along. yeah. She's amazing. <laughs> that, that would be so fun. That's a great program. So, so much goodness going on. And then we have a couple of final fun questions. Well, one of them is the final fun question, but a couple of questions that we ask all of our podcast guests. 
So we call this the PQI podcast to bring awareness to ENCODA's positive quality interventions. And I know the three of you recently co-authored a survivorship PQI, so thank you so much for that. But will you tell us more about that PQI and then also, and, and Erica probably on the value, but why do you value PQIs? Sure. So yes, you're right, Jen, uh, Alex, and myself work together to author the survivorship PQI. Um, and one thing I think was awesome about this is the three of us come from three different areas of expertise. Um, so our goal was really to provide a quick, easy to navigate and read document um, that helps clinicians or any frontline healthcare professional um, to really help treating their patient and maximize uh, the, their quality of life. Um, as the National Cancer Institute states, an individual is considered a cancer survivor from diagnosis through the rest of their life. Um, so due to this survivorship, it really encompasses many facets, and we wanted this document to touch on the whole process um, and the new transition of life for our, for our patients. Um, so to really answer the second part of your question about the value um, that our team finds in the PQIs. Um, so we find the process of using a PQI extremely valuable. Um, this PQI, along with others that ENCODA has published, um, they really equip not only our pharmacy team, but the whole interdisciplinary team. Um, they provide quick quality standards for the team to use, utilize uh, while treating patients in what tends to be a very fast-paced healthcare environment. Thank you, Erica. And I, yes, I know you've participated in your team in a PQI in action too. So that was exciting. And thank you for that. And then I have one final fun question and I'll have each of you answer and whoever comes up with their answer first, I guess, can go first. So this season, the final fun question is, if you could give your 18-year-old self one piece of advice looking back, what would that be? Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> Okay, Eric. So if I could give my 18-year-old self any bit of advice, um, it would probably be um, to really have no regrets and be confident uh, about my about any decisions I have to make. That that is a wise piece of advice. That's a really great question. I was actually thinking that I would tell myself to be more curious and. Uh, less timid to explore and kind of take some more risks, not necessarily, you know, going skydiving, though I did do that. Mm -hmm. uh, I almost threw up, so don't really recommend that piece. <laughs> but uh, even just taking more risks in life, like for myself, uh, instead of like holding back or questioning, just kind of going with that gut and, uh, and you know, making sure that, you know, I, I feel like I, I do a lot of things with kindness, but just to remember too, that we don't always know the other person's story or experience. So even if they're coming at us with some sort of toxic energy to be able to take that step back and not respond from an emotion place, but say, okay, I'm just going to give you space and be kind. I think that both are great pieces of advice. And the second one is definitely the, the behavioral therapist coming out in you. <laughs> Good. I would just add, I love those answers. I would just say too, that I don't feel like you have to have it all figured out. Um, follow your heart um, and, and um, 
and see where life takes you because it's an amazing ride and there's bumps along the way, but um, it all makes you to be the person you are and, and super proud of that. So I would just say, um, I, I wouldn't try and have it all figured out at 18. Big. Yes. Very, very <laughs> wise too. Probably if you think you have it all figured out, you're, you're in for a surprise. And <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, thank you, all three. You have been such a pleasure to have on the podcast. I love what you are all doing there and how you work together as a team. And just thank you for everything that you're doing for patients, too. Thank you, Ginger. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of the PQI podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Erica, Alexandria, and Jen. You can find the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts and on encoda.org. That's encoda.org. You can also find us on Instagram at the PQI podcast. We hope you tune in next week for another edition of the PQI podcast. Thanks, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Eagle Pharmaceuticals. Eagle Pharmaceuticals is proud to provide comprehensive reimbursement and access solutions through our Eagle Can program. Eagle Can program benefits are available for eligible patients prescribed Pemfexi, Pemetrexid injection, or Belrapso, bendamustine hydrochloride injection. To learn more about Eagle's oncology portfolio, please visit eagleus.com. That's E-A-G-L-E-U-S dot com.